in this episode of Social Media Secrets, we're going to talk about specifically what is working right now on Instagram. Uh, I've seen it all across threads. I've seen it on Facebook. Tons of people are talking about how they're losing followers on Instagram, how they're reaching sometimes zero people with their posts or less than 100. And they're like, not even my followers are seeing my content anymore. Uh, Now, this is really interesting because... If you've followed me for any amount of time, you know that I have had a love-hate relationship with Instagram, heavy emphasis on the hate. Uh, I've always kind of hated it because for so long, I felt like you had to pretend to be a certain way on Instagram or else you weren't, I don't know, socially accepted by the algorithm or whatever. Um, I hope that that makes sense. I'm sure you kind of know what I mean by that. Like you had to always have professional photos and photo shoots and showcase how awesome your life looks, right? Uh, It's kind of like Mean Girls when Janice Ian's like, did you guys sit around and drink awesome shooters and talk about awesome stuff and soak up each other's awesomeness? That's how I always felt about Instagram. And it was probably about six months ago I started to notice a change on Instagram and At first, I was like, wait, what's happening? Um, Now, to give some context, up until that point, all I had done on Instagram basically is repurpose my TikToks as reels on Instagram. And then um, I would share like some quote graphics. And I'll just be super honest. It wasn't great content. It was like super lazy content. (laughs) It was placeholder. Uh, We can only have so many priorities in a day and Instagram just was not it for me. Um, But then what happened was it was probably about three months ago I started to notice that things were growing faster and faster. And I was like, this is picking up steam. And so I'm just going to kind of break down what we've been doing because over the last 30 days, Um, actually over the last 90 days, I've grown by 45,000 followers on Instagram, which I want to just highlight one thing real fast. Um, sometimes people think like Instagram followers or followers anywhere are the end all be all. And I just want to share, they do not change your life. If they change your life, something is up. Does that make sense? Um, Instagram followers do not give you a sense of healing or wholeness. They don't make your day-to-day better. They don't, uh, they're a great metric for some things, but in no way is anyone cooler, less cool, more valid, less valid because they have or don't have Instagram followers. So I want to be super clear about that. Um, You know, nine years ago, I didn't have any followers. I only had just my friends from everyday life. And I don't think that I'm any more valid of a person now. I don't know why, but I just felt like someone might have needed to hear that. So, so much love. Um, Okay. Now of those 45,000 followers, 23,690 of them have come over the last 30 days, which means that things have been ramping up. So I'm going to share just kind of like a deep dive into Instagram. Now, in case you are wondering, I do have a program for Instagram. It's called 
Go, Graham, grow. And that's a mouthful. So we call it G3. And um, I am doing everything that I talk about in G3. I'm going to share many of those principles today because I'm a big believer in transparency, behind the scenes, all of the above. Okay, so the first thing I noticed before I noticed um, follower growth was growth in reach. And the followers did not come immediately, okay? So that is super important to keep in mind. So I started noticing that I was reaching like 5 million people per month, 6 million, 7 million. And I've seen as many as 15 million recently on reached in a month on Instagram. But I read this study and I've never been able to find this study since and I wish I had saved it, but I saved it on an old computer. It basically said somewhere that people need to see and like your content, like appreciate it, not physically like it, somewhere between nine and 11 times before they're going to be comfortable giving you a follow. Because a follow is like the equivalent of like an endorsement. It's very rare that something's going to take off one time and suddenly you're going to wake up with tons and tons of followers. It does happen, but it's not as common as consistent snowball. People see your stuff over and over and over again. Okay, so the reach is the first big thing that I noticed. Um, okay, so I'm looking at just my stats from the last seven days. Um, today already I've grown by 1,500. On Wednesday of last week, I grew by almost 3,700 followers. Um, I only had one day that was negative, and it was at the end of a week where, are you ready for this key here? There was one week where I let my content process lapse, and I let it go. So nothing was posted for one week, and suddenly I started having no growth. Interesting, right? Big key there. And then I started losing followers. Only three, but like it's it's a I mean that's a drastic difference. That whole week that I didn't post almost any content, you can actually see that I one day I actually lost 75 followers and another day 38. The only way to grow is to post, okay? Now the thing that's wild is in general, I have noticed that more content, as long as it's decent content, not just placeholder content, more content equals more growth. And that can be overwhelming for people, so don't get hung up on that part. You might want to start with just consistency. But in general, over the last 30 days, include and I don't post on weekends, we've posted 60 pieces of content per week which means if you take out the weekends, it's three-ish posts a day. And those are generally speaking reels. Let me rephrase that. That is almost 100% reels. Now, the reason for this is because I started to ask myself, are there areas where I am spending 80% of my energy for the five or the 10 or the 20% of growth and returns? Like, where am I seeing the greatest result and return for what I'm doing, the effort? Uh, hands down, it was reels, without a doubt. I have very rarely had static content. That means graphics, quotes, photos, picture of myself in a bikini, just kidding. Uh, I'm, I've almost never had those result in followers. In fact, usually when I post those, 
we get negative followers. We lose followers for those. And so I was like, well, why would I waste my time trying to have like the perfect post or the perfect graphic or think of the most profound thing I can think of, (laughs) which most days is not that profound. Um, Why would I waste time on that? And so I just kind of scrapped graphics and photos all together. The second thing that I did, and this is really big, is I did post all of my reels to my feed directly. Um, Sometimes in social media, and I used to feel silly admitting these things, uh, you have these weird gut feelings that it's kind of like a user experience intuitive thing. So I was looking and just browsing the app and realizing that if someone didn't have their reels uh, on their feed, I wasn't likely to go and find their reels section. And the second that that clicked for me browsing on Instagram as a consumer, I realized that they're meant to be on your feed for a reason. So I post all of them directly to my feed 100%. And so it was really, really cool to see this kind of snowball. Now, here's what I did. And... I kind of like to think of things as being primed. You can prime an algorithm. Now, some people might listen to this and they might be like, Rachel, that's not how an algorithm works. Okay, I'm explaining it in layman's terms. Essentially, you can train a platform that you are going to be consistent and that people are going to consistently want to watch your content and engage with it and share it and save it and send it to their friends and like it and comment and watch it multiple times. Like if you can train the platform that you do that and it has to be done pretty regularly, they're going to make sure that your content is prioritized based on user behavior. And so I realized that just posting value videos alone was not enough to get me out there and reaching the masses. And keep in mind, if we want to reach the masses, nine to 11 posts that they enjoy, or at least moderately enjoy, before there's that face recognition, okay? So I was like, I need to create a strategy that allows me to prime this platform so when I do share value, which is the most time consuming for me to create, it makes me the most tired, It takes the most energy to prepare. Uh, I don't know if anyone else agrees with me on that, but I personally find that to be the case. For me, the easiest content is like the dumb content where I'm just saying something silly or asking a question or whatever it is. So I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out what types of content I can put out there quickly, fast, consistently, that will then make sure that my other content is seen. So it primes the algorithm without being super time intensive and exhausting and leaving me feeling like I have no soul left for my family. So <laughs> now here's what kind of blows my mind. This is the same thing I did in, on TikTok back in 2019. Now that's not working the same way on TikTok today necessarily as it was back in 2019. So right now, do I have TikTok all figured out? No, absolutely not. You cannot focus on all platforms at once. Never, ever. Don't hold yourself to that. I won't hold myself to that. I used to. It was exhausting. Okay? Focus on one, two, maybe three platforms at a time. But back in 2019 on TikTok, 
I would post these silly TikToks that were so easy to make. They were fun. I actually enjoyed them. I felt like people actually got to see my real personality for the first time on social media since I became a social media manager. And I was like, oh, TikTok is where you get to see the real sides of me, right? This is this is authentically me. I'm goofy. I like dark humor. I like inappropriate things. Um, I like dumb humor. Um, I like poop jokes. I like bathroom jokes. Okay, so anyways, you're catching where I'm going with this, right? So what was wild about this is... I decided to start doing that on Instagram, even though uh, it felt like in the past that wouldn't have been accepted because everyone just wanted like perfect. And by the way, if perfect is what you want, you probably aren't going to want to listen to me or engage with my stuff anymore because I'm never going to be it. I'm never going to try to be it. I'm not going to pretend to be it. Okay, cool. (laughs) So... I essentially created these four categorizations for content, and I'm probably not the first person to say something like this, by the way. Um, I won't be the last. Some people will directly copy exactly what I'm saying. That's totally fine. Whatever. Just don't use my words verbatim. Write your own words to explain it. Um, So the four kind of categorizations for content all start with a V, which is fantastic. I talked about this on TikTok a while back and it didn't do well on TikTok. So I'm going to have to go find that video and repurpose it to Instagram because I bet it will do well there. Um, Okay. So the four Bs are number one, it is variety. So that means, wait, what? There's more to you than just what you do. Yes. What a brilliant concept. I just have to tell you when you move away from just being niched, to your specific industry, it's very, very freeing. It's a really great way to say, oh my gosh, I actually feel seen. I don't feel like people are just here for this one thing and there's more of more to me or whatever. It was the most free that I've ever felt on social when I just started being like, I can share more than that. I can share my love for fiction books. I can share, and this one's gone viral on TikTok, uh, how I like to eat soup out of the can cold. I enjoy it. I think it's great. I can share um, about my horses. I love my horses. Um, I can share all kinds of different things. You can too. You can start thinking and brainstorming already of variety-based content that you can share. But the gist of it is none of us are one-dimensional. You don't have to be on social either. If you want people to say like, I really understand this person, and have them actually understand you and fall in love with who you really are, then I 10 out of 10 recommend showcasing variety content as a pretty strong majority of your content. The second V is viral. And now viral is interesting because it can mean a couple different things, can mean different things for different industries. Um, Viral can be taking what's going on in the news and piggybacking off of it. Um, Viral can be, it can be as simple as um, taking a trending sound and adapting it to yourself. Now, I'll be super honest. When it comes to that kind of stuff, I don't feel super creative. I'm not amazing at it. I used to be really good at it. And I feel like 
I've been using up those brain cells when I've been writing books at night and it's like it's not there anymore. So I'm not super good at that. Some people are so good at being clever. Um, I love when people are clever with trending sounds and I just don't feel like my brain is there anymore. Maybe it's a side effect of turning 34. I don't know. Um, viral can be topics that are really hot. Girl dinner, talking about girl dinner, what it means to you. Do you hate it? Do you love it? What does your girl dinner look like? Girl math, all of the above, Travis and uh, Taylor, right? Like all of these things are trending topics in our world. Feel free to create them, okay? The third V is one that can be really difficult for people because it takes a while for many people to get comfortable and open with doing this, and it's vulnerable. Now, vulnerable is something that I have done for years, but never to the extent that I do it these days. Uh, vulnerable does not mean you have to hop on a live stream and start like sobbing and being a mess and all of that. It doesn't mean you have to showcase that. But one thing that really helps me is to write down my feelings when I'm going through something tough and then turning that into a piece of content later if I feel comfortable sharing it once I'm not sensitive to it anymore. It's kind of the same concept. I don't know if anyone else does this. When I get um, like a professional photo shoot or have photos taken, I do not want to see the photos the day that they're being taken. I always have felt this way. I really and truly want to see them like one to two weeks later because I want some distance to have passed from where I was at in that particular look to where I am when I view it. It's almost like it gives me that distance, extra love and self-adoration. And the same thing is true with vulnerable content. Give it some distance. And that can be really, really helpful. Now, last fall, I did not give any distance. I did not give any distance to the struggles that I was going through. And I just posted all of them in real time. Um, I posted hundreds of videos. I live streamed. Um, I basically put all of my skeletons in my closet, all of my hurts, all of, I put everything out there. Um, I don't recommend that style. <laughs> but I'm not sad that I did it because I have felt like I've been able to be so free to be vulnerable and share things like, yes, I'm bipolar. And yes, it's a tricky thing, right? So vulnerable is a big one. Um, you don't have to do it very often, but it it's so helpful because most people tell themselves a story in their head about other people online, and it's that they have their lives together. Now, I'm really glad that I've met the majority of the people that we all know online, and none of them have their lives together. Not a single one of them. <laughs> I don't, and most people don't. Um, I actually don't know a single person who has everything together at all times. And so when you share vulnerable, it helps people to connect with you without putting you on a pedestal and then being disappointed when you're not perfect, okay? Now, the fourth V is one that shouldn't surprise you, and it's value. Value, 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 value. Now, 
value is tricky. A lot of people think they're posting value and they're posting fluffy stuff. Okay. Now, if I were to tell you that I have the best recipe for chocolate chip muffins, if I were to tell you I had the best recipe for chocolate chip muffins and I told you all you need is some flour, chocolate chips, baking soda, brown sugar, eggs, uh, and then a few other things, you got this. Don't give up. You would be like, screw you, Rachel. You just gave me fluff. You basically told me to positive think my way into this. And I see a lot of people doing the same thing with value content. They're not sharing anything that's actually tangible or actionable. And it needs to be. You need to give people the recipe. Can you see real fast why my value content is the stuff that's the most draining? It'd be really easy if I was just doing fluffy stuff, but we don't do fluffy stuff with value. You give real, actionable. And in case you're wondering, how am I supposed to charge for stuff when I give stuff away for free? Oh my gosh. Do you know how many of the greatest like inventors have given away like their patents to other companies? It's wild. Uh, do you know how many times Nestle Toll House has given away, even just on their website, their chocolate chip cookie recipe for free? So many times. Why? Because people are always going to buy the chocolate chips. Okay? The more value you give, the more, number one, the more of an impact you can actually make in the world with social. Number two, the more people are going to say, I can actually trust this person because they've delivered time and time and time again. Number three, you will be able to actually sleep at night because you're like, you're not wondering, did I help someone? You'll see, okay, I got 15 comments today. People saying like, this really helped me. And not that we live for comments, but it can be a really great metric to show you, okay, I'm doing something right. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts, but it does take a lot of energy. I'm going to record one today that I'm really excited about, which is one of the coolest hacks for Instagram hashtags. And you better believe I'm going to show you the whole hack start to finish. And then I'm going to record it and put it into go gram grow so that all of them are in one fantastic place. Pretty cool, right? I can give away all of these things for free and people will still want to hire me. People will still want to. They'll extra want to because they're like, oh my goodness, this is actual value and I can actually implement this. So those are the four V's. You'll notice I barely talked about promotion and sales. It should literally be almost nothing. Almost nothing. It should be the dash of vanilla in the cookies. It's barely there. And the reason for that is because promotion and sales-based content instantly turns people off, which means that they don't engage, which means that you're going to have to work harder to bring your engagement back up afterwards with something variety-based, viral-based vulnerable based, 
value-based, all of the above. Um, when I do a promotion and if I do it on social, it takes me a good two days, sometimes three days to get everything back on track. Okay. One of the things I did not do for growth is focus on IG stories. I just post stuff. Um, my stories are kind of unhinged on Instagram, uh, and I'm totally fine with that, but it'll be like, me in a pink sweatsuit and I'll be like business chic. <laughs> so I share like the behind the scenes, the silly stuff, the stuff that shows that like I'm normal. Do you know what I mean? So that nobody ever gets it mixed up. <laughs> and that's worked really, really well. Um, another thing that we've done, and this is a big one, is reels with a mini chat bot attached to it. Those have worked so well. Um, it's been actually amazing. Um, I'm not going to explain that on a podcast because all of the logistics are too complicated to explain. But basically when people comment on the ones that say comment to get this and this, they comment and then my mini chat responds and then it sends them um, a DM and sometimes they even DM back and say thank you so much. And then that's a ton of engagement from one person. And then Instagram says, wow, this person's highly engaged fantastic. It's worked really, really well. And we've been able to give a lot of lead magnets and freebies away to people, which I love. Um, now the reason that I sense that there's been a shift to Instagram is because a few months ago, TikTok, <laughs> TikTok decided to, uh, roll out the promotion and focus on TikTok shop, which basically meant and this is wild because Instagram tried this a while back and I don't feel like it worked super well. Uh, <laughs> TikTok really pushed out the those using TikTok shop features and really suppressed a lot of people who don't use it. Um, and by suppressed, I mean pulled out a priority. When that happened, pe people from TikTok flooded to Instagram and because of that, not only did Instagram say, uh, we're going to start to really double down on this extra time being spent here and give people more of what they want, which is reels and great posts, etc. But all of a sudden, it was just this perfect storm. Um, I, I do think that TikTok will write itself in Q1. I hope, but I'm not counting on it. Uh, I do think that now we are in an era of IG reigning supreme again, which is so wild. I literally feel like I'm going back six years and I'm I'm here for it. I think it's great. So what's wild for me is recognizing that there is a snowball that occurs. Um, so videos, reels on Instagram can sometimes take weeks or even months to start performing. And so when I look at my stats, if I were to judge my reels based on how they're doing the day that I post them, I'd be disappointed. But if I check it two months later, it might have 5 million views. So you don't want to judge it based on the immediate performance. Sometimes it takes off, especially if you're hitting a snowball point where everything is just starting to hit and Instagram's like, we love this person and they push all your content out, which is amazing. Um, 
but normally, normally you don't want to uh, judge your content immediately. Give it a few weeks. Kind of watch a trend in general. Start to see if you trend towards reaching more people. See if you trend towards more followers. Um, I've been consistently posting on Instagram now for six months with Reels, like super consistently. And it's not until the last three months that I saw serious growth. And then the last month, the last 30 days, that I saw this insane growth of twenty, almost 24,000 followers. So it is absolutely a snowball. So don't give up right away. Um, people always ask, always, how much did you spend on ads for this? Um, a couple of months ago, I spent, I think, $500 testing um, to see if I could make my one of my reels go viral that didn't. Um, and the answer is no. But that didn't contribute to significant growth or followers. It was organic that this came from. So pretty cool to keep in mind. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been so long since I've done a podcast episode and I'm going to start bringing them back again because I realized I haven't done these in forever and I miss recording these. So if you want to learn more about Instagram, head on over to rachelpeterson.com forward slash podcast and you'll see a free resource there that will support you on your Instagram growth journey. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.